Hey, welcome back. This is your host, Drew, at Culture Wars. We got another loaded show for you today. So, uh, let's dive right into the deep end. Without further ado, whether it's academia, the entertainment industry, the lamestream media, religion, or politics, we will confront the secular left in all its forms here at Culture Wars. I'm just warning you, I'm really pissed about the state of affairs in our civilization tonight. So, I've dubbed this episode, The Delusions of Regressivism. There's much going on, and not much of it is good. It seems like for every step we take forward, we take two steps back. I don't mean to make you unreasonably concerned, but I see the outlook for our civilization is very grim right now. For you optimists that seem to think that those types of things could never happen here, not in uh, the land of the free, the home of the brave, I believe we are headed for hardships the likes of which we have never seen in this country before. The reason for this is we're in the middle of a war with the delusional worldview of regressivism. But why did it, how did it get to this level? Because the reason is the other side has basically declared that the time of reasoning and debating is over. They're done reasoning with you. In fact, listen, they're being driven by hatred for you and your worldview. And hatred doesn't reason. And they're not even covering it up anymore. I want to play a clip to give you an example in one minute to recognize his own wife imagine biden spending six hours on stage with donald trump trading jabs on live television <laughs> he can't do that so he's not going to do that instead they're going to keep joe biden hidden behind a curtain he'll read prepared speeches from time to time on a good day he can pull that off but nothing extemporaneous or off the cuff he's not capable of that it's all pretty shocking if you think about it. We've kind of accepted it, but pull back a little bit. They are running a candidate for president who cannot govern, and they know that, and they're doing it anyway. So what does that say about the people around Joe Biden? Well, they're ruthless, obviously, and they're not into debate, not just presidential debates, but any debate. They don't like being disagreed with. They don't believe that there are two sides to any question. They believe their own views are the only legitimate views. When you criticize them, they won't engage with you. They don't bother to rebut your points. They simply attack you. Okay, now that I've given you my overview, we're going to descend and we're going to, so we're going to go from the telescopic view of what's going on to the microscopic view. Well, to lay out my first point, I want to read an excerpt from an article by the Daily Wire. And you've probably heard this story. Um, J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter last month, sparked controversy when she said that the concept of transgenderism erases the struggles of women across the world. Um, and she wrote in an essay that Today, it isn't enough for women to be trans allies. Women must accept and admit that there is no material difference between trans women and themselves. But as many women who have said before me, woman is not a costume. It's not an idea in a man's head or any of the other sexist ideas now somehow touted as progressive. Um, though the publishing company producing Rowling's new book has been pressured by LGBTQ activists to censor the author. 
the company has stood by her right to express her opinion. The point that I want to zero in on here is that this isn't new. The left's use of extortion is nothing new. Um, extortion is defined as wresting um, something from a person by violence, intimidation, abuse of authority, force, torture, threat, or the like. And that is, that is, in essence, what the left is doing. And like I said, this isn't new, but what is new is they have this, um, newfound love of using left-leaning corporations. Like I said, businesses used to be um, right-leaning, but they're not. The majority of them, especially the big ones, are left-leaning organizations. And the... But they're using any kind of organization, business, or other, they're extorting these organizations um, in order to achieve their goals. And like I said, this, it isn't really new, except the, um, it's on a scale the likes of which we've never seen before. By the way, while I'm reminded, because we're on this topic, I want to clarify a point that I made um, in the last episode regarding the New York Times millennial New York Times staffers who said that they felt threatened because Senator Tom Cotton wrote that article. I I do not believe that for one second. That they felt threatened, that's just a leftist poppycock line that they throw out there. These aren't these aren't people that feel threatened. These are people that are extorting and grabbing power. They're not in a position to feel threatened. While I'm down this rabbit trail, let me bring up a programming note. We're currently on the segment of the show that I call Offense. That's right. We're coming straight out of the gate swinging tonight. Okay, so I want to read this article and an excerpt from another article to reinforce my point that nothing new is um, going on. So this article from the Daily Wire says, California legislature votes to remove anti-discrimination language from state constitution. The California legislature voted last week to strike anti-discrimination language from the state constitution. In a 30 to 10 vote, the legislature passed the assembly constitutional amendment number five, which removes the words, the state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin from California's constitution, which were put in place in 1996 with Proposition 9. Proposition 9 effectively repealed the state's affirmative action policies, which allowed public institutions such as schools and universities to give preferential treatment to underrepresented groups even if they were less qu than qualified. Um, 
as Harvard University has shown, such policies lead to discrimination against Asian Americans especially. The California proposal, which will be, um, let's see, it aims to bring back affirmative action to increase representation of women and people of color in public employment, as well as public contracting and education. Removing the language would also allow California to blatantly discriminate against certain races and colors while purporting to champion equality. Okay, this next article from the American Spectator, and I just love the title of this article. Equality isn't enough. Racial justice activists feel silenced by Facebook. Black Lives Matter activists have claimed that Facebook has failed to provide a platform supportive of racial justice. Instead of race, race-neutral platform, Facebook should attempt to elevate marginalized voices, said Brandy Collins Dexter, senior campaign director at Color of Change, a digital racial justice nonprofit. Oh gosh, I hate that word, marginalized voices, and anyways, anyways, um, so Martin Luther King had a dream. He had a dream, and his dream was equal opportunity for everybody. And now, now what are we doing? We, we've come full circle back to discrimination. Of course, this time we're discriminating against white males instead of blacks but discrimination is discrimination so my point is we are not progressing we are regressing and this is just the tip of the hideous regressive iceberg Okay, so for the remainder of this segment, what I, um, want to do is give you some more examples of regressions that we're making, and then I want to give you the justification for them, the the reasons they're happening. So remember, as I covered in uh, earlier episode, we have had um, the uh, our health care. Uh, big sector of our economy grabbed and now is essentially being destroyed um that's a regression because we Um, before that, before that we had one of the, we had the greatest health care system, the best health care system in the world. So, that's a regression. We had one of the 
biggest cities in this nation basically plummet into anarchy. I'm talking about Seattle. And then it's it's even worse than that though. Because then they these criminals these anarchist gangs were allowed to secede from the union and for weeks on end and set up a foreign nation in the middle of friggin Seattle they were just allowed to do something that we fought a violent civil war f to put to bed the debate over whether or not that was lawful to do. So there's two regressions. We re regress f from a civilization civilized into anarchy and then we regressed from being uh, a united nation, one that had decided that we were going to be a united nation, to now the precedent has been set that anarchy and division are allowed. And just for one more thing, um, so, here's an article from the Daily Wire. After Columbus statue is destroyed, Pelosi says people will do what they do. So, let's see. Several days after Vandal's toppled the Christopher Columbus statue and then tossed it into Baltimore's inner harbor near Little Italy. Speaker Nancy Pelosi seemingly tried to present the act of destruction as a fact of life. Pelosi responded, people will do what they do. Now, let me pose a question to you. Do you suppose that's new? Gee, where have I heard that before? Hmm. Oh, here's this quote from the Bible, from Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Hmm. Moving right along. So, I want to read this title from an article in The Federalist. I'm not going to read this article, but the title, um, it basically makes a point that I want to make here says three ways to responsibly fix what's wrong with policing. So, here's the thing though. I don't actually think that anything that's going on right now in our civilization has much to do with fixing or reform. Um, let me explain to you what I do think it has to do with. I want to play a clip. It's a young woman talking. She's an immigrant from Venezuela. I'll play the clip and I'll give commentary afterwards. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about why I'm worried about what's going on in the United States today. 
For a long time, I stayed away from politics. It was at the forefront of my life ever since I was a kid. Seeing how things changed so rapidly back home. I remember the statues of Christopher Columbus being knocked down. After that, the street names changed. Not all of them, but quite a few of them. They changed the name of the of the national park in Caracas, El Avila, to Guarayra Repano, something more indigenous. They changed the flag of our country. They also, they also changed the name. They dismantled our police in 2001 and put in place a new one. They changed our voting system, so the way we voted changed after the second election of Chavez, or before the second election, I would say. Why am I worried about statues coming down in the United States? It's because I'm seeing the same pattern repeat. And I'm not speaking to this as I'm an expert on US politics and US, US history, but I can recognize the signs, and these are not isolated incidents. I've been hearing from people from Cuba, people that left Soviet countries, that they feel the same thing is repeating. And these countries are not the same. Cuba is not the same as Soviet countries. Venezuela was not the same as Cuba. But yet, the intention was there to topple the current structure and take over. And the attack on history by first going after those symbols was the first way to do it. These groups are not hiding their intentions. They're making it quite clear. Someone the founder of one of the groups that started this whole attack on symbols and statues already said openly that she's a trained Marxist. They've already shown friendships to the Venezuelan regime. So yes, this is all hitting a little bit too close to home. And I'm not a politician. I've, I've worked to get away from politics since I moved to the U.S. in 2010. But all of this is just bringing me back. There's a clear attack to certain symbols, and it's not just Confederate statues. So let's get away from this idea that the attack is in Confederate statues and therefore on slavery. The attack is on most statues that are important for U.S. history. Founding fathers, also strangely enough, Spanish missionaries, for example, Junipero Serra, like his statue came down in in California. The statue of Miguel Cervantes, a Spanish writer, was vandalized. What they all have in common to me is that they're all Western symbols. So the attack is on Western culture, on Western history. And is it a perfect history? No. But no history is perfect. You hear that, folks? So, this is a perfect uh, segue, transition, if you will, into my next segment of the show, which I call Defense. It's like I said, um, at the start of this episode, we've seen this movie before. Not in this nation, but we've seen it before. And this anarchy and destruction... This is only stage one, people. What they're really trying to topple here, it's not just statues. You heard her say it. 
They're trying to topple Western civilization. And what's at the foundation of Western civilization? The Judeo-Christian worldview. They want to topple our heritage as a nation founded on the Judeo-Christian worldview so they can so that they can reconstruct it into their own marred worldview which is marred with all kinds of delusions. I'm going to expand on this more in one minute. I want to give you guys a um a brief sketch of the two worldviews that are at war right now. I should preface this by saying that this political battle we're in right now isn't it's wholly unlike any other political fight that we've had in this nation before. Um for those of you who aren't history buffs, um, our founding fathers, when they were uh, creating the Constitution, had some passionate debates. They had many such debates, very passionate disagreements but the thing is they also shared some things in common they shared common values and they shared common goals they all wanted they all wanted this nation to have liberty and unity and for their, uh, their, uh, generation, younger generations to come after them, they wanted those things. But that's not like the political fight that we're in right now. Right now, we are fighting a worldview that we share nothing in common with. It's not like we are, you know, debating the other side on how to govern. They want to totally destroy this, um, this nation and like I said reconstruct it according to their own worldview. We're trying to reform this nation you know build a better union but they just want to completely destroy it and start from scratch. If you disagree, if you don't believe that is wise for any reason, you are nothing more than a bar another barrier for these people to destroy. And trust me, they have no qualms about it. So to start off the sketches with, the Judeo-Christian worldview starts with the premise that there is a just and loving God who created the universe and man in his image. And man rebelled and sinned against God and thus has, 
humanity now has a sin nature and because he's separated himself from God the source of all justice and goodness he now has a sin nature which means that he has been marred by sin and is the image of God has been marred and he is totally depraved and unable to even um, return to God and save himself so God being the loving God that he is provided a way for salvation and but salvation is individual and it is something that man is responsible to accept so um or receive it is individual because God holds man accountable, responsible for his sin on an individual level. And so salvation must be received on an individual level. Um, and, and it must be received. We're responsible for that. Um, this is ultimately why, um, governments exist. They're God's sort of check and balance on human nature. Um, they do not change human nature. They're just a check and balance on it. To quote... One of our founding fathers on this, James Madison, he said, um, But what is government itself but the greatest of all reflections on human nature? If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed, and then in the next place oblige it to control itself. Okay, now for my sketch of progressivism, the worldview of progressivism, or as I like to call it, regressivism, because... As I've already laid out, there is nothing progressive about it. Now, I should also preface this by saying that whether or not every progressive knows it or not, the sketch that I'm about to give you is at the foundation of the worldview of progressivism. So, whether or not they know the foundation of their worldview, it operates on, upon these premises. Progressivism is founded on an idea called social Darwinism. What is social Darwinism, you may ask? Well, it's another asinine idea obviously but basically it applies Darwin's theory of evolution anthropologically to humanity and thus to human civilizations progressivism starts with the complete opposite premise it starts with there is no God 
everything that is has just evolved over time. And thus man, just like any other species of animal, is just go going through a process of evolution and is subject to the laws of survival of the fittest which basically um, equates to trial and error. It's a big game of trial and error and thus you see, this is why, for progressives, the individual doesn't matter as much as the collective. Because, see, we're evolving and becoming more perfect as a species, not an individual. You see, in the animal kingdom, according to the theory of evolution, if an animal... Um, within a species uh, doesn't have the right traits to survive it dies off and the the individual in that species who does um, will survive and procreate creating more like that so the individual in the large scheme of survival of the species is really of little value so that's why individuals are really of little value to progressives this is also why progressives um, believe in putting experts or the uh, the most well-educated into government because they believe that by putting our best feet forward as a species we will eventually become we will arrive at utopia you know we'll evolve into the perfect uh, species the and so Salvation is literally in our own hands. And this is also why they view the past with disdain. And anyone who is attached to history or the past, they view with disdain. Because you are like that animal that just, you know... It didn't evolve in the right way. It it didn't evolve with the right traits. And so, in essence, that individual is a barrier to evolution. To the progressive, if man is depraved in any sense, it's only to the extent that he won't evolve past his past imperfections. This is why they look at you as a barrier to reconstructing this nation in their worldview. You're like a relic of the past. And to them, the past must be smothered. Okay, so just on a programming note, while I remember it, I may do a show, maybe my next show, I don't know, on just stories that I, in the interest of time, wasn't able to cover because there are a lot of them. And uh, another programming note, I am now going to give you some uh, actual examples of this, um, war of the worldviews that I've sketched. 
Okay, so for the first example of what I'm talking about, this one comes from a site called PJ Media, which is a uh, superb site, by the way. Um, says, the title says, Oregon school districts say white people should vote Democrat to be less racist and may have broken the law. So, school districts in Oregon have published, and I'm going to tell you something too. These leftists that are entrenched in our public schools need to be crushed politically. Um, school districts in Oregon have published a letter with resources entitled Opportunities for White People in the Fight for Racial Justice. Methods they mention in their easy-to-follow chart include opposing President Trump and to vote for and raise money for Democrats and progressive candidates of color. So, see, in essence, this, for them, this is like their form of repentance. You can repent for, you know, your, your racism or whatever, you know, whatever our past imperfections that we're now evolving out of by, you know, supporting, basically supporting Supporting evolution, supporting progress, you know, and, you know, supporting progressive candidates of color. That's how you repent in their worldview. I'm. Okay, another example of how this is a war on Judeo Christian values. And I want to preface this by saying I do not want to get into a theological debate with on with other Christians on uh, your views on women in ministry or the home or whatever. I'm just saying that the traditional Judeo-Christian view is that men have been given by God their primary leadership role and responsibility to defend women and there's this article in the Federalist Boeing executive cancelled over decades old article on women in combat and I'm not going to read the article the title says it all. So, we're supposed to forget what probably 5,000 plus years of human experience has taught us about civilization and warfare. And just because we're, we're evolving. And so now, women should be able to do everything. Not even able. They should be, they should be allowed to do anything men can do. Have the same exact privileges. Yeah, okay, that's real, that's real evolved there. Another example. Um, this story, I'm not going to read it, but I am going to read the title of it. It's in Human Events. But, I, um, I'm going to plug this article. It is a 
it's a very deep article. It's um uh it, you should read it. You really should. It's in human events and the title is Debunking the Dream of the Nonviolent State on State Power is Violence. And I just want to talk about one point that it makes that is part of my point that I'm making and that is you hear calls today for defunding the police and in the past we've heard liberals you know talk about um protest war and you know be for pacifism you know this is because liberals don't see the government as or they don't see the need for the government to secure the rights and liberties of people because they see man as getting more and more perfect thus there's less and less of a need for this security they don't see man like we do as their worldview uh, their view on this according to their worldview is more as Tucker Carlson says he says the left the left wants to abolish the police and replace them with a woke militia of social workers see because this to them is the real evil is whether or not man is evolving past his past imperfections so for them whether or not you are evolved enough is how woke you are forget the fact that in cities governed by their worldview like Chicago shootings are up 76 percent this is according to an article in Breitbart shootings up 76 percent in Mayor Lightfoot Chicago whoops sorry silly me I wasn't supposed to mention that fact whoops nothing to see here nothing to see here folks anyways um for one uh closing example the bible says you shall in leviticus 19:32 you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged you shall revere your god i am the lord so we're supposed to honor our elders this is another value of judeo-christianity that is of course uh there this other worldview progressivism is at war with and you can see this right now for example with this coronavirus um with the governing of this um there's an article in the Washington Examiner exclusive in letter to Cuomo Scalise blasts dubious report deflecting blame on nursing home deaths because as you remember the Cuomo administration on March 25th issued an order that forced nursing homes in the state to accept coronavirus patients and this resulted in uh, many deaths in nursing homes and so you can see this with the way that our elderly are being treated and if that ain't enough I'm gonna play 
a clip for you real quick here. Check your fucking privilege and get back over there. Yo, Whoa, yo, 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 I, I will be attacked with no history, with no history whatsoever. What do you Learn mean? your history. If you knew your history, you wouldn't be a radical. You go to American University? Yeah, look at that. That's Really, that's horrible. America was founded on stolen land, you bigot. This kid's a bigot. He goes to a bigot university. They got a lot of nerve when there's a lot of people. Why don't you step inside there? Why don't you stop? You didn't know what to say to me. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You didn't know what to say. I'm so sorry. You're right. You're right. I don't know what to say. You're bigots. You don't understand the Constitution. Is that the best you got, darling boy? Is that the best you got, baby boy? Is that the best you got? Is that the best you got? Okay, that clip was of an older white woman having a very passionate um, argument with a bunch of these these, uh, basically, you know, rioters who are trying to tear down, who are trying to topple another statue, and you could hear them, the, they're being so dishonorable, telling her to check her effing privilege, calling her a bigot, you know, it's real disgusting. Punks is what they are. You know, they're the real ones with privilege. Privileged little punks. Anyways, I'll close with this. The world view of progressivism basically teaches that we are our own saviors in a sense there is no God we are perfecting human civilization as a species we're perfecting ourselves we are our own saviors you know what is the oldest lie that's been repackaged and repackaged It's in the day you eat of it, you will be like God. That's it. That's it. That's the lie of progressivism or regressivism.